on, Straight Talk Faithful. Your host, your boy, George Mackay, back in studio today. Again, pre-recorded as we do during these COVID-19 times. And today I got a good one. Today I got somebody who I've been chasing around for about six months. Just because our schedules could not link up. But I'm so jacked to have this guy on the show today. I'm not going to waste any time. Let me welcome Red Death Daniel Garcia to Straight Talk. How are you, my dude? What's up? I'm good. Doing all right. How are you? I can't complain, man. I can't complain. I just, I miss wrestling. And I know where you are. Uh, a lot of things are starting to open up now, which is fantastic. I know you, all the promotions out there are taking the proper protocols and making sure things are safe. But back here in Ontario, we're not there yet. And I'm just dying to get my hands on some indie wrestling. I miss it so much. You know what I mean? I'm sure you do. You miss it from a different aspect. You miss it for the work and being in front of the crowd. I miss it for the crowd, for being in the crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I definitely feel that. Um, I haven't done any shows yet, and I probably won't until like late August, early September, maybe. But um, I'm definitely missing it. I miss uh, holding my craft in the ring in front of a ton of people, and uh, I just miss it. Uh, I obviously miss it from like the work aspect, like it's obviously like, what I do for part of my job. But I also miss it because it's what I love to do. Absolutely. It's actually funny because uh, a couple days ago, I actually sat down with Kevin Bennett and him and I had a great conversation and you came up quite a bit in the conversation because one of my favorite matches of his, I mean, you guys have had so many, but one of my favorite matches of his is one with you at ESW. It was in late September of uh, 2019 and you guys just had like this most epic of barn burners and man, I've seen you. I've seen you a bunch of times. I've seen you at Destiny. I've seen you at Crossbody. And I just, I love everything about you. I love the look. I love how you handle yourself in the ring. But I love the stories you tell while you're in the ring. Uh, when I saw you at Crossbody, you went one-on-one with Aiden Prince. It was an absolute amazing, epic match. Uh, I was exhausted after it. I had to go outside and have a cigarette because it was just that damn good. And, <laughs> and then I saw you in a fatal four-way at Destiny. It was you, uh, Black Lavender, Lionel Knight, uh, Channing Decker, and Gabriel Fuerza. Now, unfortunately, you and Decker got into a little bit of a brawl outside of the ring and then disappeared backstage, which set up workings for the next event, which was supposed to happen in March. But then, as we all know, March was kind of D-Day. COVID fucked everything up, and we never got to see that match. But that Fatal 4-Way, man, dude, when you hit, you I feel it. I feel it in the crowd. You actually remind me there's only one striker in the business right now that I would put you toe-to-toe with, and that would be Speedball Mike Bailey. I don't know if you and Speedball have ever tangled, but I know Kevin Bennett and Speedball have, and he actually remembered that match very well with Speedball. But I think you and Speedball Mike Bailey, with your striking ability and his striking ability, fuck, that match would be exhausting. I would probably need to sleep for three days after watching you two fight. <laughs> I, I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. Um, me and Speedball, we did work together. Um, I think it was in January. We did it in Montreal uh, for a company called IWS Hardcore. Um, and like, like you said, that match was exhausting. Uh, I needed to go. I needed to go back to the hotel and rest. I think like some of my friends like went out that night, and I just stayed at the hotel. I was so exhausted, so tired, <laughs> and my body was in so much pain. Yeah, he, he, he's great. Uh, he's one of my favorites. I love to watch him, and he was really uh, fun to wrestle. Well, I mean, you're you're one of my favorites. You're fun to watch and fun to wrestle in. And, and there's, there's so much that I want to talk about. And I'm just very excited to have you on the show because we've been going kind of back and forth since February. And we never really could lock anything yeah. down because you had school. And I know school is very important uh, to you because I actually was reading and doing my research, as I always do. 
I was reading an article I found online at ProWrestlingPost.com. Shout out to those guys. They did a, an interview with you back, ooh, I think it was uh, November 2018. And actually, one of the quotes in here was that school is incredibly important to you. Because you know you could be training for a match, you could be in a match, and you could blow out your knee or something can happen. So you always want to have a backup plan. And I've heard a lot of wrestlers you know, talk about that. A lot of wrestlers do have full-time day jobs. A lot of wrestlers do go to school. But you're kind of the first one that I've ever seen it put black and white pen to paper. So while we're on the subject of school, what are you taking? What are you studying? And what are you looking as your backup plan when you know everything from wrestling kind of subsides? I, uh, I just graduated with my bachelor's degree in communication. Um, I just graduated uh, in May, so I'm done with school for the time being unless I want to go back from my master's. Um, so I want to do stuff like in marketing or advertising. I have a job doing uh, market research for hotels in Buffalo right now. And, uh, well, not right now because I'm laid off, but <laughs> before the pandemic, that's what I was doing, and that's what I will continue to do once hotels start hosting events and stuff again. Um, so that's what I do for, like, my regular job. But um, outside of that, like, I invest. Like, I own stocks. I own, like, cryptocurrency. Uh, I want to start getting into, like, real estate and maybe even, like, buying ATMs and stuff. So I'm big on having, like, side hustles on top of side hustles on top of side hustles. You know what I mean? Uh, I love working hard. I love keeping busy. And I love learning about new things. And I feel like if you're going to work hard and you're going to learn about new things, you might as well make money while doing it and be happy. Oh, 100%. That's what this is for me. This is a side hustle, my full-time job. I am a transport dispatcher, so luckily enough, during the pandemic, I was pretty much working the entire time, which was great. Yeah. Uh, it was a blessing for sure. It was hard, though, because, you know, you have drivers who are worried about going into places, getting sick. You have shippers who are closing, opening, all kinds of stuff, because the world was scared. And now we're kind of at the, yeah. I guess, the subsiding right before this apparent second wave, which is going to happen. Apparently, it's, it's going to happen. No matter what we try to do, Daniel, it's coming. So all we can do is be prepared. But I think the side hustle thing is great. I, I, I understand it. I respect it. I've got some stocks myself. I don't have anything in real estate yet because I have two small children. And if I had anything in real estate, yeah. they would probably damage my house as much as they damage my other property as much as they damage my house. No, I'm just joking. I got I got two small girls. They're not that bad. My four-year-old's a little crazy. But my 10-year-old, she's a sweetheart. She's a sweetheart. You've seen her actually at a couple shows with me. Uh, she was at the Destiny show, uh, and we actually, we, she gave you a bracelet. I don't know if you remember that. She made a bracelet for everybody at the card that night. <clears throat> I do remember that. I have it in my room right now, I believe. Oh, look at that. I was going to have to tell her, because every time I interview somebody that she's given a bracelet to, I have to ask that question. I have to ask to make sure that you have it, and you still look at it, you still wear it, so I will let her know that Red Death does have it, and he still he still carries it with him. So that's good to know. Yes, I'm, 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 a, I'm a big jewelry guy, so any bracelet or chain or necklace that I can have, I'm wearing it. Awesome. Uh, I'm glad that we didn't give you gold or anything like that. We just gave you rubber plastic. But still, it's it's it's, it's still bling-bling. It's still colorful. That's cool. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, so I want to talk to you about, uh, like I said, Kevin Bennett. You and him have had some barn burners. Uh, and I also know that he made your in-ring music. And actually, when him and I were talking, we kind of steamrolled into hip-hop. And uh, I'm a big hip-hop head, he's a hip-hop head, and he also mentioned that you were a hip-hop head. And this was a question that I asked him that I feel you would be able to give me one of the best answers for, like he did. And that question is pretty simple. It's uh, everybody has their top five, and it's in no particular order. But when it comes to hip-hop music, who are your top five that you go to whenever you're working out or you're traveling to a show or you're in between, you know, in between wrestling gigs and you're just vibing at home? 
what are those five artists in hip-hop that you go to? In no particular order. If you need some time, I can give you my five. Um, it's I like, uh, it's a constantly changing list, so I'm gonna go with right now, because I feel like that's probably easiest for me. People that I love listening to most right now, uh, obviously I gotta give a shout-out to my boys from Buffalo, Benny the Butcher, Westside Gun, Kanye, I mean, uh, Conway, those dudes from, uh, Griselda, I love them. I'm gonna group them all in one category, because they're all part of the same group, Griselda, um, Freddie Gibbs, Pusha T, uh, maybe like 38 Special. I really like right now. Uh, and then I like some of the newer guys too, like uh, like Polo G, Little Baby. Uh, it's really hard for me to pick just five. But uh, okay, I'll do the five though. I'll do Benny the Butcher, Freddie Gibbs, um, Pusha T, obviously. <laughs> Let me throw in uh, Conway. And um, I'll put in Westside Gun too. That my, that's my starting five. If this is a basketball court, and I'll have Danny Brown coming off the bench in six men. Oh, oof. all right. You're gonna make me throw it a six man too, eh? All right. Much respect to the list. <laughs> much respect to the list. I do love it. If I gotta go, like you know, kind of underground mixtape stuff, I gotta give it up to my boy Emilio Rojas. I've loved that guy from like day one. I think that guy is probably one of the most underrated cats out there. I know he's got a lot of big news, big, uh, you know, big, uh, you know, inter- underground hits to him. But I got to give it up to Emilio Rojas for sure. Uh, if I'm going to kick it mainstream, because I am more a little bit mainstream, because I'm old school. Me and Kevin Bennett were kind of yeah. in that same 90s baby thing. I got to give it up to DMX yeah, for sure. Good. Early DMX, early 50 Cent, like first two albums. Uh, I was actually talking to mm-hmm. Kevin about my favorite song for 50 Cent probably being uh, Baltimore Love Story. Uh, where he talks from like being heroin, the perspective of heroin, and how he's got somebody addicted to yeah. him. Uh, just that's one of the best songs ever. The wordplay in that is genius. Uh, and then I got to give it up to like Nas. I got to go um, uh, Eminem for sure, hands down. And um, you know what? To round out my f- my fifth and my sixth, it's kind of an up and down thing. But I'll say Biggie. And if I'm not feeling Biggie on a given day. I'll kick it with a little bit, and this may surprise a lot of people, but I have to kind of loop them all together. But I would say uh, Wu Tang Clan. That would round out my my vibe. That's my vibeage. Well, now you're putting me on the spot. Now I feel like I got to do like a list that people are actually gonna know. Oh. So uh, I'm gonna do it real quick. Okay. This one's easy. So I'll go Jay Z, my opinion, greatest of all time. Uh, Andre 3000. I'll throw in. I still, I still got to go new school people. So I'm going Kendrick on my list. Wayne. And then number five, uh, I'll throw on Biggie for that. Yeah, I like and that. And then, then maybe six men come off the bench, I'd do like Q-Tip or something like that because I love Tribe. Oh, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Tribe, we got the, we got the jazz. Woo. Sign me up. Take my money. I love those guys. <laughs> I love those guys. That's me classic too. old school 90s hip hop right there. I, and now I can tell. Now I can definitely say that when Kevin said you were a hip hop head, he was not bullshitting. So I could yeah, say, if, if you like that kind of like '90s hip hop, I don't know if you ever listened to him, but uh, Griselda is really good. It's uh, Westside Gun, Benny the Butcher, and Conway. They're like huge wrestling fans. They're always front row to AEW shows. They're always front row at WrestleMania. They like rap about like the Lucha Bros and stuff. They're, they're really good. I'll have to check them out. I, I, I don't know them too, too well. I'll be completely honest with you because these days, most of my time gets monopolized by songs from Sophia the First and um, any, any 90s pop or any uh, right now popular pop. Like Ariana Grande is a big yeah. fixture in my house. 
and it's it's painful sometimes. Uh, I like Ariana. I do too. My my four year old's name is Ariana. We actually let my ten year old name her, and it fits. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's some songs I love, and some songs I can do without. Like the song where she's talking about all the guys she almost married. I, I don't need to hear that. I, I'm <laughs> over it. I'm over it. See, I, I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> well, then, then I'll, I'll shut up because I know you could beat the living shit out of me, so I'll shut up. That song's great. I love that song. <laughs> Let's get back into a little bit of wrestling, though. Thanks for the, the, the talk about music, and I definitely will check those guys out for sure. Um, I know, speaking of AEW, I know that you kind of honed and you polished your craft with Mr. Pepper Parks, a.k.a. The Blade, who's currently signed right now to AEW, while you were training at GA. And I know you trained alongside Puff, who's another guy I've been chasing after, but now that I've gotten you and Kevin Bennett on the show, there's a good chance that I can throw your names in and say, Puff, I've talked to these boys, they can rep for me, you gotta come on the show. So I'll get Puff eventually. I'll shoot you, I'll shoot you a message for you. I appreciate that. I appreciate, I'm gonna hold you to that, eh? I'm gonna hold you to that. Um, yeah. uh, so Pepper Parks, in the article that I, I'm reading here, he, you said he really put a nice polish to your work. Uh, he broke it down to basics, and then he taught you how to take things to the next level. Can you expand on that a little bit for me? Yeah, um, well, my original two trainers were uh, Brandon Thurston and Mikey Evernight, who are um, guys from Buffalo. Um, Brandon Thurston has kind of uh, had a bit of like an outbreak this past year. Like, he started wrestling for Beyond and uh, when else wrestling a little bit, so he's kind of getting a little bit of a... Uh, name notoriety on the indie scene uh they were like my original trainers they kind of taught me all the basics and taught me um like basic match match structure taught me um rules like the beginners moves and then uh once i kind of started to get better with those things Pepper park started doing um like advanced classes and um where it'd be guys who were like very match ready and like very capable of having matches we would all go for like a big group training session with pepper and he would uh, do things like critique practice matches, uh, have us run more advanced drills that he kind of learned from, like, um, different wrestling schools he's gone to and what he learned from doing tryouts and training camps at WWE. So uh, the stuff that he put us through was, um, like, that's how I love to describe it, like, polish. It's like right when you have the opportunity to um, start having matches and once you get all your fundamentals and basics down, Pepper kind of came in and, like, chiseled you into, like, a finer stone. You know what I mean? And, like, made you just, like, shinier and, like, more presentable in a ring and just uh, made your wrestling feel a little bit more professional, if that makes sense. Absolutely, it does. It's almost like taking a lump of coal and turning it into that diamond. He made you just shine. Exactly, exactly. To quote Kanye, made you shine like a diamond. Oh, hip-hop reference. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I want to talk about 205. I want to talk about 205 Live. We know you had a, a little bit of a, a, a one-off there. You were in a squash match against, I believe it was, uh, Tony Nese, if I'm not mistaken, right? Am I wrong on that? I think I'm right. It, it was, uh, Drew Gulak. No, Drew. You know what? They look the same. You really can't tell them apart. They look the same. But my apologies. I'm going to get a lot of yeah, heat for this. So, to all you faithful wrestling keyboard warriors, I apologize. It was not Tony Nese. It was Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak. So, squash match against Grulak. I hate when that happens. I wish that when they bring a guy in, if they see somebody with potential, they bring a guy in, they give him a fair run. But the squash matches are never fair. But you had that little taste of the 205, the WWE machine, if you will. What was that experience like for you? Uh, that experience was great. Uh, we're actually coming up on, like, I'm getting, like, memories on, like, my Facebook and my Snapchat. 
where like uh, it was like exactly two years ago today that I started doing that short for WWE. It was um, it was me, Puff, Kevin Bennett, um, I think some other like Vinny Moon, who's another Buffalo guy. Um, we had the opportunity to do extra work for WWE, and it's mostly just like you do things like the No Way Jose Conga line. Uh, you do like you're kind of like a stand-in for backstage if like they need to have a crowd of people if like a camera's going by. So I just kind of assumed it was going to be that kind of stuff, but there's always a chance or an opportunity that you're going to be able to um, have with a match or someone's going to see you do the right thing, and you never know where that can lead. So um, I was blessed with the opportunity to be able to uh, work with Drew Gulak, who was like one of my favorite indie wrestlers. And I kind of assumed that like, oh, I probably won't, because like, I started kind of indie wrestling like, right when you got signed. So I kind of had like this mindset of, oh, I'll probably never be able to wrestle with this guy anytime soon anyways. And all of a sudden I'm doing WWS work and I'm wrestling Drew Gulak. And it, it was just like a weird experience. <laughs> it, it still kind of like doesn't feel real, even though I would played it back in my head thousands of times, I'm sure. Um, but I'm completely grateful for it. I feel like it kind of um, helped me raise my stock in indie wrestling a little bit. It, it was kind of like a good like, resume builder for me. And it was also gave me like a great uh, like taste of what I feel like I can achieve one day. Absolutely. I, I think your stock has been raised with just getting your name out there. Like when you came out to Ontario... When you were on the card at Destiny, I didn't know much about you, so I did my research, I searched in, and I was intrigued. And then when I saw you in person, uh, it lived up to the hype. Because I was actually sitting next to someone. I was going over like the match cards with my daughter, and I was sitting next to someone, they're like, man, I can't wait to see Daniel Garcia. And I said to the guy, I said, I've checked him out. He looks pretty intriguing. He goes, dude's a beast. I drove all the way from Buffalo just to see him. So this guy followed you from Buffalo. So shout out to that dude. I didn't get his name, but shout out to that guy because he followed you all the way from Buffalo. And when you came out, he was going crazy. He was in front of me. He's like, yeah, yeah, Red Death, Red Death. And I was like, all right, this guy's serious. I'm like, all right, well, Red Death. I was going with him. I was like, Red Death. I want to, all right, Red Death. I'm intrigued. Let's let's see it. And you know what? You lived up to the, the hype that he built up for you. Uh, you lived up, and and uh, from that mo- from those moments of uh, seeing you, I followed you on Instagram, and just watching your career kind of take off to the shape that it did. Uh, I know that even the pandemic won't slow you down. Once the world opens up full time, and you start these matches in August and September, you are going to be one to watch. And I'm just thankful that I got you on the show, so that now I can say, hey, I interviewed Thank that guy. You. That guy's really famous now. He's in like AEW and shit. <laughs> but I, I interviewed him. I, it was me. I have an episode with him. Check it out. It's going to be great. <laughs> Beneficial. Absolutely, man. I, I think you're you're a supreme talent. Like I said, your your striking ability, I hold. I I've stamped it a million times. I said Speedball Mike Bailey is the best striker in the business. But you are a very strong second, and I think you're chasing for you're chasing him for the title. So you just keep doing what you're doing, and uh, don't forget us little podcasters when you hit the big time. If I hit you up again, you're gonna come back on the show. You got to come back on the show, hundred yeah. percent. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, another another match that sticks out to me that I really really loved was you and Chris Statlander. That was at Flirting with yeah. Disaster. That was back in February, I believe. Uh, that match was about nine and a half minutes, and I loved everything about it. Talk to me about Chris Statlander in that match because there were so many facets to it. And again, a lot of people don't understand the storytelling aspect of wrestling. They just think it's two individuals mm-hmm. in a ring wrestling around in spandex. And this and that. And this was so much more of that. I felt that this this match had so many layers. So do you, you remember that match? I'm sure you do. It was only in February. Yeah, yeah. Um, that match with Kristen was uh, 
like a lot of fun. It was kind of weird though, because um, I had a match right before that with a guy. Um, I think he's from like um, he wrestles in the Northeast. Live. His name's uh, the Oswald Project. He wrestled for like Beyond Limitless Wrestling, um, places like that. He's getting like a little bit of notoriety recently. Um, I wrestled him like right before, and then I called out um, like whoever wants to come wrestle, blah blah blah, and uh, everybody thought that like Kristen or Chris Atlander was, like, done with the Indies because that was when she just got signed to AEW. Everybody assumed she wasn't going to be doing, taking any bookings anymore. And all of a sudden, I called out whoever. Uh, Chris Chris Atlander came out, and, like, the place he left it, it was crazy. Um, she is incredibly popular, and I think she's incredibly talented. And um, I, had a, I really enjoyed my match with her. Um, I think Kristen is probably the best women's wrestler in the world right now. I know she's uh, just... I, I think she hurt her ankle, but um, I know when she comes back, she's really going to tear up the scene. And like I just said, in my opinion, the greatest women's wrestler in the world right now, especially for the amount of time she's been wrestling and the amount of experience she has, I think she's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I can't I can't fight you on it. There's only a few other women who I put in that bubble. Uh, from here home, I would have to give a shout-out to Alexia Nicole. I'd have to give a shout-out to Jody Threat. Not to give a shout out to Silesia Sparks, Nova, so many great women out here in the Ontario scene, and they are just, they're getting out there, they're doing their thing. Uh, over on your side of the things, I got to give it up to Chris Statlander, but a strong second uh, from that side of the world, I got to say Masha Slamovich. That girl is a beast. She can literally throw around a human being like a ragdoll and make it look good, and it's scary how powerful she really is. And that's the great thing about wrestling now. It's not just a boys club anymore. There are women there that are kicking ass and taking names. I'm very proud to be affiliated with a company down here called Revolution Women's Wrestling. And they have some of the best female talent from the U.S. and from Canada coming together and putting on some amazing, fantastic shows. And there's a list of so many women that can go on and on. But yeah, I'd say Chris Statlander for sure, if she's listening. She's definitely in my top five, in no particular order. I can't, I can't, really, I can't really go from one to five. But you're right. And that match showcased, I think, your talent and her talent. Uh, and I think you guys had some great chemistry. There was a lot of spots in there where she I had did. some high spots and you had some high spots. But all in all, I think it was a solid, solid match. And that's why it's one of the matches that stood out to me. Thank you. Thank you a lot. And all the girls you named are extremely talented. I mean, I think, like, I respect anybody who has the courage to be in front of hundreds of thousands of people in underwear other people you know <laughs> absolutely 100% I couldn't do it I, I could not do it I, I, I love <laughs> I love and appreciate the business for what it is but I realized very very early on in my life of being a fan that being inside the ring was not for me but being outside the ring because I have such a sexy radio voice that just made logical sense <laughs> it made logical sense <laughs> you do have a good radio voice you do I appreciate that thank you very much look at that guys Red Death likes my voice everyone can suck it I've reached the yeah, pinnacle sure. of my career I'm hanging up the <laughs> podcast that's all I ever wanted was for somebody to tell me that my voice is just as sexy as I believe and Red Death did that and that's that's coming from a communications major so I mean, it has to be true it has to be true that's, that's fucking right it has to be true yes communications major locked in. I love it I love it I'm having a great time this is an absolutely epic conversation um, another match that stands out to me, and this is a man we already discussed, but this, I gotta say, this match is probably my favorite match of yours thus far, other than the two that I've watched you in person at. But Daniel Garcia, yourself, versus Pepper Parks at Limit Wrestling back in August 2019. 
uh, 13 and a half minute barn burner. And by the end of this, I actually just watched this match again before I messaged you and said, hey, I'm ready if you are. Uh, I can't say enough about this. I mean, I could see and watching this matches and then doing the research that I did. You're right. The polish did come from him because you guys share so many similarities. When you were wrestling, especially those early moments of the match, it almost looked like a mirror image. Just one was a little bit younger than the other. But that's like, it, dude, it looked like a mirror image. I, 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 how does it feel when you go up against your trainer? I mean, that's got to be somebody, yeah, when you go up against your friend or your trainer, that's got to be a little oomph, a little extra motivation to go in there and just put on a great show because you want to show them that all the hard work is paying off. And it's just like when you wrestle one of your friends. Like when you wrestle Kevin Bennett, you hit a little harder. You go a little faster. You know what I mean? So talk to me about wrestling with one of your trainers. How does that make you feel? Wrestling uh, Pepper is uh, always kind of like crazy to me because he's not just only my trainer. He's somebody who I've been like watching at local shows for since I was like a little kid. And like I grew up like watching him at uh, Empire State Wrestling in Buffalo, New York. I have pictures of myself with him like when I was in high school and he was wrestling. Like my mom has pictures. Um, so wrestling him is always very special to me. And um, I think he's one of like the most underrated wrestlers honestly of all time anywhere like he does not get enough credit for uh, how talented he is and how he carries himself um so uh, of him is great um he's so intense he's so loud um he carries himself in such a professional manner to where um wrestling him is just easy um at no point if you wrestling pepper do you ever feel like you're like lost or unsafe like because you know Pepper's going to do whatever in his power to make you feel comfortable, and you know that he's going to be good enough for the both of you. But Pepper could wrestle somebody with no training and still make them look great because he's going to be good enough for both of you in the ring. You know what I'm saying? Uh, absolutely, 100%. And I think you, you hit the nail on the coffin. And I think that's the most key point about it. When you're, when you're wrestling anybody, when you're staring across that ring at your dance partner, because as I mentioned earlier, it is a dance, it's an art form. When you're staring across the ring at that person... All you want to do is put on a great show and entertain everyone that's watching, but you and that other wrestler, you want to be able to walk out of the ring. And that's the key factor. You want to be able to walk out healthy and happy and go backstage and be like, yeah, that was a solid match. We crushed it. We killed it. And that's the most important thing. You always want to take care of yourself and your opponent in the ring at all times. And I applaud anybody that does that. And you're right. Pepper does that better than anybody else. I actually had a chance to see him uh, at a wrestling show in Kingston, uh, Chinlock 5. Uh, put on by the great Jan Murphy. It was a kind of a wrestling convention, if you will. I got to meet Bret Hart that weekend. I was geeking out like a little schoolgirl, man. You should have seen me. I was like, oh my god, it's Bret Hart. It's Bret Hart. Such a such an embarrassing moment for me because I acted like a five year old. But it was like the kid inside of me was coming out again. And I got to see him at that show. And man, did he have one hell of a! It was actually him and Willie Mack uh, fighting for the uh, House of Hardcore title. And whoo, what a fucking match! Man, I can't even tell you. That match was incredible. Those two guys hit like sons of bitches. And, man, I was sitting front row center for that. And at one point, Pepper hit Willie Mack so hard. <clears throat> excuse me. He hit him so hard that I literally saw teeth. I literally saw spit. And one of them looked like a tooth. I think he took a bit of his tooth out. But it was such a good match. Such a good match, man. Yeah, those are two, like, just, it, like, the best compliment I could give, like, a wrestler is, like, that they're just, like, a true professional. Those people are both very, very, extremely professional wrestlers. 
Absolutely, and that's what it's all about. And it's interesting that you mention um, that's the highest compliment that you can give because there's a lot of stuff kind of happening in wrestling. As much as wrestling's kind of subsided, there's there's been this movement coming out. And uh, if you're okay to talk about it, I'm just curious on what your thoughts are, but the speaking out movement. There's been a lot of wrestlers that have been called out for bullying, uh, sexual harassment. I'm not going to name any names. Uh, I interviewed one of the people that was um, involved in a kind of a, a situation, and I opted to not release the interview. It's going to remain unreleased because I'm all about integrity over listens. And uh, I won't just put somebody on to get you know credit or to get listens to my show uh, because I feel what they did was wrong. And I'm not going to mention the name of that individual. Yeah. But it was completely wrong. But what are your thoughts and stance on, on, on the speaking out movement and everything that's happening? I mean, from an inside perspective, being a wrestler, I mean, being a fan, it breaks my heart to see what a lot of people have gone through. But I, I've spoken to a few people on the other side, and, and a lot of people have the same kind of opinion that it's, it's just horrible. And that this is going to, as much as it hurts now, it's going to make the business better. Would you agree with the, that statement? Yeah, I think that the upheaval of terrible people in wrestling is great. I'm all for exposing people who are bullies and uh, predators. I think those people have no place in my business. Like, uh, I'm grateful enough to where I haven't, like, I like to surround myself with like, pretty good people, so I don't really witness any of these terrible things that I've heard. Um, but, like, I tweeted the other day, like, if anybody who's ever had a show is made to feel uncomfortable or not welcome like let me know and i will see to it that it is dealt with accordingly absolutely and i think that's the right attitude yes. to have and I, I think you're right there's there's no place for that in our business especially when our business there's so many kids that look up to each and every one of you guys as as heroes and icons yes. and, and villains depending on where you are you could be a face or a heel it doesn't matter but at the end of the day everybody knows that how what you guys do for us i always say wrestlers don't get enough credit you were the only uh athlete that goes 300 plus days a year and nobody uh -huh. nobody goes the gr nobody knows the grind i don't know the grind i'm at home every night with my family and i appreciate what you guys do even now all the aew stars all the impact stars all the wwe stars all the ring of honor stars everybody that's doing that empty arena stuff to keep the business that we love kind of revolving and growing uh and keeping it kind of still relevant it, it's huge those are the unsung heroes of our business and as much as I know all of you guys want to get back in the ring, you just want to wait until it's safe to do so for you and for the fans. And that's another tip of the hat. I mean, you could, there's shows opening up right now. I've seen, I got a lot of friends uh, from all over that are posting, oh, you know, I was at a wrestling show this weekend. I was there. I'm dying for a show, but I also don't want to put myself and my family at risk. Exactly. So, Daniel, talk to me about, okay. talk to me about your, um, you're, I mean, we know over the last year you've had leaps and bounds in your career. Everything's gone incredible for you. Your matches have been stellar. You're, I can now officially say you are a fantastic human being. You're such a laid-back, chill dude to talk to, and I appreciate that. But talk to me about the next step for Red Death. What is the, the next kind of platforms or plateaus you want to hit in your career? Because shit, man, you're only, what, you're 21? 21, yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay, I'm 36. I'm your elder. So show me a little bit of respect, okay? No, I'm just, I'm just joking. Yes. Uh, but you're 21 years old. You, I know for sure you have not reached any glass ceiling. The glass ceiling is so far there, and you're just climbing to it as fast as you can. And as quick as you get up there, you're just reaching another plateau. What are the next kind of things Daniel Garcia has in his mindset for his wrestling career? Uh, honestly, I don't really know what's next for me in wrestling. Um, I wish I had like a cool answer, like, oh, I want to be signed here, I want to be signed here. But um, I really don't have an answer for that. Um, 
I feel like I used to be really focused on, oh, I got to get a contract at WWE or I got to get signed by Evolve or I got to get a contract to Ring of Honor or now AEW or Impact or whatever. But um, I feel like what's best for me is if I don't be so focused on those things and if I just focus more on the journey that wrestling is taking me on. I feel happiest when I'm just letting it do that. Um, I've learned over... Uh, maybe like these past couple months, maybe this past year, how to operate like, without a chip on my shoulder. And I can like still work hard and be motivated without being mad at something, without feeling like I'm being overlooked. And I feel like that's helped me a lot. Um, I feel like that's doing a lot for me in my journey of uh, not only becoming a better wrestler, but a better human. I feel like almost when I'm less focused on wrestling, um, when I'm less focused on, I got to get signed here, here, here. I feel like that makes me a better wrestler, and I feel like it makes me a happier person. Um, I feel like in a lot of ways, I have like the least amount of goals in wrestling as, as, as I've ever had, but I feel like I'm the happiest, and I feel like when I come back, I'm going to be the best version of myself in the room. Um, so I feel like the next step for me is just enjoying where this crazy wrestling ride is taking me and just... Um, embracing it every step of the way and not looking to rush anything and um, just trying to love my life and love my career as much as possible. Are you sure you're only 21? Because fuck, man, that was some wise <laughs> shit. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude, you're, you're quite mature for your age. I would not know that you were 21. I mean, I would know by looking at how quick you move around the ring and how young you are. And uh, at 36 years old, knowing I'm only four years away from 40... It's a hard pill to swallow knowing that you're only four years away from 25. But that's fine. There's no there's no anger or animosity there. There's not, none of that. Uh, I do have one question that I'm curious about. I'm always a, a big on character. I'm big on like where the development came from. So I know in the beginning of your, your early stages of your, your in-ring persona, you're kind of like a millennial, kind of walking around without a care in the world. Like, oh, look at me. I'm kind of, you know, I'm going to inherit all this shit. I'm fucking awesome. I don't have to work because my parents will let me live in my house till I'm 40 and all that kind of shit. But where did, where did the evolution of Red Death come from? It wasn't an overnight thing. So how do you go from a character like that to Red Death? Um, well, the nickname is, um, I didn't come up with it. To be honest with you, I don't even like the nickname that much. I tried to get rid of it, but I, I couldn't. It was, uh, too popular. But, uh, Andy Williams, uh, the butcher on AEW came up with it for me. He, um, he told me I needed, like, a nickname, like, how Daniel Bryan kind of had, like, American Dragon. And it was kind of, like, weird for him to have that nickname, because he was just kind of, like, a skinny average, like, short white dude with a beard who just happened to be really good at wrestling. So it was kind of, like, ironic for him to be called the American Dragon. And he felt like I needed kind of, like, a nickname like that, like a super exaggerated nickname that's, like, too overly aggressive for how I looked at the time. Like, because back then I was, like, I'm, I'm still, like, decently skinny, but I was, like, a lot skinnier than I was now. I didn't have a tan. I had longer hair. And I was, like, 18 years old. So I looked like very young. I just kind of thought it was funny that like I would come out like like people would hear like Red Death and then I would come out. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and, like uh, I, I thought that was kind of like goofy, and I, but I kind of liked that about it. Um, but I feel like the change probably came when I started to find myself more wrestling. I realized like 
I've always liked the style of like technical hard hitting wrestling. That's always what I like the most. So I figured, why am I trying to have this nickname that I I feel like really doesn't even apply to me and this character that I feel like isn't truly me. But I feel like I could be me and be better at it. Because I, I feel like you always hear, oh, a character is just an extension of yourself. But now I'm fortunate enough to have a character where it's not an extension of myself, it just is myself. But I don't have to do anything extravagant. I don't have to do anything that doesn't feel like me. Like, I just go in the ring and, like, talk the way I talk, move the way I move. And um, I, I feel like that's what's making me so successful. Because I'm not, like, nothing you see, like, a tweet or even a promo or me in the ring, like, nothing that you're going to see from me is fake. Nothing you're going to see from me is disingenuous. Like, everything that I do is just real. And that's why I feel so real. That's why people can connect with it so well. Absolutely. I there's nothing wrong in anything you said. I can say I 150% agree with you. Again, are you sure you're 21? <laughs> yes, uh, I'm positive. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? I mean, there's 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 something about that. There's something about defining a character. And yeah, you're right. A lot of people say a character is an extension of oneself. It's just you amped up to 10, if you will. But I don't find that with uh, with Daniel Garcia Red Death. I find what you see is what you get, and I think that was one of the things that intrigued me towards uh, starting to follow you and and starting to understand exactly what you were all about. And um, again, in this great conversation, and I'm always thankful to anybody that's going to give me the time and have a great conversation like this. And man, we covered so much. It's only 38 minutes in, and we've covered hip hop. We've covered you know your career. We've covered uh, Pepper Parks. We've covered what the next plateau is for you. And everything has been such a genuine, real answer. So I want to thank you for the honesty. It's always great to have somebody on the show, and and they're honest and they're real with that. And and that's when I have the funnest interviews. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, one last question. I think I'm going to let you go enjoy the rest of your evening. Uh, Dream match. Everybody's got one. And every, I mean, you've already fought your trainers. You've already fought like some of your close friends. You've had many battles with people that you travel with, people that you work with, people that you are are in your inner circle. But if there's one wrestler, doesn't matter. It could be mainstream, uh, could be you know anyone on the indie scene you haven't tangled with yet. But if there's somebody you could ever get the ability or chance to wrestle with, and I already think I know the answer, but I'm going to save it. But who would that individual be? Uh, honestly, my dream match, it would probably be Brock Lesnar. I really love Brock Lesnar. Um, I feel like he's probably like the greatest wrestler of the past five years. Um, everything he does, I enjoy. And I feel like me and him could have a great physical match that tells an amazing story. Um, every time he wrestles a guy kind of like my size, it's always great. You see his matches against Finn Balor, Daniel Bryan, uh, they're fantastic matches. I think me and him could put on a very memorable and uh, borderline classic match. Do I think that that will happen? Probably not. But <laughs> if I have the power to like, pick a dream match, it would be Brock Lesnar. Well, you know what? I think that's a great answer, and I think you're right. Whenever he, uh, he um, does uh, fight a smaller guy, uh, one of my favorite matches with him has to be AJ Styles from uh, Survivor Series a couple of years ago. Yeah. That match was just incredible. And uh, I was so excited when uh, when I knew that that match was going down, champion versus champion. I'm like, this is incredible. And you know what? I always like when he fights a smaller guy because the match actually lasts longer than three minutes. So it's kind of, it's kind of a refreshing change of pace. Uh, he still looks like 
he ran, you know, 50 miles and uh, he uh, climbed up a hill because he's so red and so full of sweat. But I actually thought I did not expect uh, Brock Lesnar to be your answer. I thought your answer was going to be Daniel Bryan because I know he's a big influence in your career. And you spoke so highly of him right before I asked that question. But you threw a curveball at me, so kudos to you. I was dead wrong. I thought you were going to say Daniel Bryan, but Brock Lesnar came out of nowhere. And you know what? Actually, I'm intrigued. So tonight when I hang up, I'm going to go uh, design Daniel Garcia in my 2020 uh, WWE game. And I'm going to uh, see how that plays out. I'm going to see how that plays out. Yeah, like, I, I feel like a lot of people expect me to say, like, oh, Daniel Bryan, true blue that, like, these type of answers. But I love, like, my favorite type of wrestling is, like, big, beefy dudes, like, hitting each other. That's my favorite kind of wrestling. But if I, like, I, I don't want to give, like, such an unrealistic answer, so if I had to give a more realistic answer, uh, I, I feel like this one might be extremely probable sometime in the near future. I would have to go with uh, that Karrion Cross matchup. is extremely intriguing to me. Extremely intriguing to me. Uh, yeah, it's intriguing to me too. I got to say, anybody that's listening or if Triple H is listening and you're thinking about signing Daniel Garcia to uh, NXT, please do and shut up and take my money. Shut up and take my money. I will literally, I will be one of the people wearing 45 masks on my face and banging on the plexiglass uh, just to watch that fight. I will do that. So I, I, I think yeah. that that's a match that I think is quite plausible. And um, Daniel, all I got to say from all the wrestling fans out there in the world is please find a way to make it happen, Daniel. Do whatever you have to do. Yes. Do whatever you have to do. That match, like, there's some, like, stories, too, of, like, me and Kevin uh, Cross kind of, like, mysteriously, like, crossing paths and, like, running into each other in, like, weird places, like, in California and then, like, a subway line in New York City. So, like, I feel like the next time we meet, it should be officially in a ring. And I feel like, I feel like there's just, like, something that's just, like, a little too perfect not to happen. And I feel like that match is one of those examples. I, I think that, that match, I'm getting all kinds of... Destiny. Oh, yeah. I'm getting all kinds of ideas in my head, man. I'm getting all kinds of ideas in my head. It's got to be a three-stages match. It can't just be a one-off. It's got to be a feud. We've got to see it go, like, two out of three. You know what I mean? It's really got to build. Yes. It's really got to build. All right, Daniel. And, and uh, I'm, I'm going to throw one last one in there real quick. Absolutely. Chris, you're coming back in the Indies. I want a piece of that. I'm sorry, say that one again. I said uh, for my last one, Chris Hero is coming back in the Indies. I want a piece of that. Oh, well, you heard it there first. Anybody that wants to reach out, Daniel Garcia, to make that one happen, again, another one, shut up and take my money. I just, I can't. You're, you're making me spend a lot of money that I don't have right now, Daniel. And I'm looking so forward Mark to spending a, it. Mark AP from C4. I know you're listening to this. When wrestling comes back, you better book that match, please. <laughs> well, there you go. I will make sure to tag C4 when this match drop when this, when this episode drops. I will tag C4 and we will make that happen. 100%. I will get all over that. All over that. Yeah. All right, my dude. Well, you know what? I'm going to let you go enjoy the rest of your evening, but I want to officially take the time out to say thank you so much today for the time and officially let you know you are now a member of the Straight Talk family. You have my number. I have yours. Anytime you want to come back on the show, I would absolutely love to have you. And don't forget to hit up Puff for me. You said you would. You said you would. I will. I will. All right, perfect. And before I let you go, anybody that doesn't know who you are now, they do know who you are. Where can they find you on the wonderful world of social media? Uh, find me at Garcia Wrestling on Twitter and Instagram. 
Perfect. And as if you want to hear me talk about, if you want to hear me talk about basketball and cold craps, that's the perfect place to follow. Oh well, you and I could talk basketball all day long. We haven't talked basketball. All right, <laughs> basketball. Well, hold on. Let's let's extend this for a few more minutes here. Basketball is coming okay. back. Uh, I'm not. I'm really kind of still on the fence about the format that they're doing, but I understand it. Uh, best of eight running on eight teams to see who advances to the next round, so forth and so on. Uh, who do you got your eye on for that? Honestly, before this past week, I kind of had a weird answer. I thought the Houston Rockets were going to be able to steal it. But now that Westbrook and Harden both tested positive for coronavirus, I don't see that happening at all. Um, I'm going to go with the Lakers. I think the Lakers got it. And I don't even think it's going to be really close. I think the only team that can maybe give them a challenge is the Clippers. But I think besides that, Lakers are just going to run through everybody. I, 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 I hear your answer, and I understand why you said it, but I'm from Toronto, and you know where my pick stands, okay? I'm going Raptors all the way. <laughs> We're going to repeat. Even though we don't have Kawhi Leonard, we're going to repeat. Because even before COVID started, we were sitting second in the East. Okay? So I think we had a good, yeah, solid spicy, chance. Spicy P, Fred exactly. Exactly. Kyle Lowry, if he's healthy. Serge Ibaka. The list goes on and on and on there, okay? And we also got Hollis Jefferson. There's a lot of cats on this team that are underrated. And that's what, <laughs> and that's what I, I, think, I think a repeat is happening. I would love to, again, dethrone the hairline. And make take another couple inches off that LeBron James hairline. I would love to see that happen. <laughs> love to see it happen. I'm glad you have faith. <laughs> wow. Uh, hey, listen. As a Toronto sports fan, all you could do is have faith. Okay? The Leafs haven't won since 67. The Blue Jays are a joke, but I'm a Red Sox fan, so I don't really give a shit about the Jays. And the Raptors, it took them, hey, 20, the Raptors, it took them 21 years, but we did it. We brought a championship north of the border. First time in NBA history. So... Bro, you're telling me I'm from Buffalo. You want to talk about having faith in sports teams? <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, the bill. Yeah, you're, you're right. The Bills have had a rough go, uh, and so have the uh, the the Sabers. You know what? I'm gonna shut my. I apologize. I apologize, Daniel. You're right. You gotta you 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 gotta have more faith than I do when it comes to sports. That's true. That is true. Uh, well, my dude, this has been an absolutely epic conversation. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, you shouted out your socials. I'll take a quick time to shout out mine. You guys already know them. But on Facebook and Instagram, Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And Daniel, if you're not following me, I do follow you. But if you're not following me, follow me back to make sure you get all the tags when I promote the episode when it drops in August. I got you, Bill. All right, my dude. Well, you take care. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And again, thank you so much for the time, my dude. I'm doing well. Yeah, you too. Bye bye. Well, guys, what can I say? Red Dead Daniel Garcia, an absolutely amazing talent, a genuine human being, and so wise. For only 21 years of age incredible incredible talent if you don't know keep your eye on him youtube and google are your friend and also don't forget to check him out garcia wrestling on twitter and on instagram as always i'm your host your boy george Bukai. thank you so much for listening don't forget to follow 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 the socials and you can check out who next week's guest is you know i'm never going to tell you so you might as well just follow the socials so you can prep i always drop who my guest is for that week on the monday and the episode drops on the thursday as always guys peace love and wrestling See you guys next week. Peace. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Thank you.